just to be able to see see them back playing. Um, I think everybody kind of felt that way a little bit, no matter your thoughts on anything. Uh, this has been a hard time for a lot of people to see Georgia football back when it looked like it was not going to happen for a while. It was it was nice to have. Georgia goes into Fayetteville, Arkansas, and struggles mightily throughout the first half, but then finds its footing, scores 32 unanswered points on their way to a comfortable 27-point lead. All is great, right? Well, week one in this strange 2020 season SEC-only schedule is finished, and now there's nine more, much more difficult games to go, starting this week versus Auburn. But before we get into our Auburn preview show, let's look back at the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Dogs versus the Hogs. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 243 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined via Zoom by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, to share our quick takeaways from the 37-10 to 10 victory. So, thanks for tuning us in, and here's Will to get it all started. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, I'm sorry, I was really, I had to rush out at halftime, um, so I can't believe how many things went wrong. What a terrible team this is. It's all falling apart. 37-10, as it turns out, was the final score. Uh, to, I, I, one of the things we talked about in the, in the preview podcast was how, uh, in many ways, uh, you really couldn't have picked a better team to play first than Arkansas. Uh, I did not. That turned out to be more true than I meant it for, uh, because uh, I think there's a lot of other teams that they'd have played this week that would have not turned out well. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, in total after a what ultimately was a convincing win, but uh, maybe not so much uh, uh, there at the beginning? I think part of what you want to be careful of is separating um, narrative, which is not 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 unreal. Like the narrative is real. But what you want to separate is narrative from performance. Um, I mean, I was surprised to see that Georgia had the highest um, margin of victory of all the SEC teams this week. Um, and it, if you were to, and this is, I realize this is a little bit of a fool's errand to, to look at this way, but if you start the game with Stetson Bennett and we go in at halftime up 17 to 7, and then Dwan Mathis comes in and plays and only leads us to essentially 80 yards and a field goal. You think, okay, well, Georgia made the right decision to start in Stetson Bennett. Now, it's, it's impossible to really play it that way just because there's a different level of urgency and things happen differently as you, um, as you go into uh, gameplay. But the reality is, it's like we were a different team offensively uh, when Bennett was in. We still like we still committed penalties like the, like the 2000 Miami team. And we still um, looked a little um, discombobulated on the offensive line, which is going to be a problem moving forward. But I think there's no doubt that after Mathis took that hit, there was something different in, in the way he played. Um, the one, I, the, I, the, the one question I would have and and actually uh, our friend Tiffany brought this up to me. She's like, I don't really, I, you know, I, I'm disappointed we looked as bad as we did. But my question comes with why did we start Mathis if Bennett looked clearly looked like the better quarterback, and it felt like Munkin felt more comfortable calling plays for him. It and, and Bennett is, I mean, the thing. I mean, look, we he's got a little Baker Mayfield in him. 
he was Baker Mayfield in the Rose Bowl, right? He was the scout team Baker Mayfield. And he played like Baker Mayfield. And that's – Will, I totally agree with you. We are struggling with not having an NFL-caliber quarterback on the roster, at least playing, at least clear to play. But I – um. I, I was I was more concerned about the, the defensive lapses in the first quarter, the lack of discipline with which we played in offensive line play, than I was overall with the offensive um, with the offensive play because once once Bennett came in like the eight nine ten drives he was in, we moved the ball fine. I mean his first drive ended in a uh, turnover on downs, what was essentially. Um, was 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 killed because of poor offensive play. Um, I, I we got to find a center that can snap the ball to our quarterbacks and shotgun. It's only twice, but both of them were daggers. And maybe some of that is Trey Hill will get better, but we'll certainly face better defensive lines. Um, you know, and we'll have a chance to talk about other goings on around the conference. But um, the the other part about it that is uh, heartening to me. There's only really one team out there that still scares me, and that's team we're going to play in Tuscaloosa. And I realize some of you are rolling your eyes at, well, we got Auburn this week, or we got Florida and whenever. Florida gave up 35 points and almost almost seven, uh, almost seven 500 yards to a, a brand-new team. And yeah, the quarterbacks are better than Felipe Franks, but still Felipe Franks acquitted himself fairly well until Georgia stopped trying to rush three and got after him and kept switching up looks also and this is this is a very much a not for nothing point this is the kind of game that georgia won a lot last year in exactly the same way and that's because we were better conditioned we had more depth and frankly we made halftime adjustments that that made the difference in the game i kind of felt uh the way i did two years ago when Missouri played Georgia and Tony was uh, having heart palpitations during the first half and I was telling him to calm down. Now, nobody was texting me like, hey, Scott, how should I feel about this in the first half? But, uh, you know, seven to two, it was kind of weird. Seven to five, I actually started thinking like, I wish there was a scoregami for uh, college football because if that ended in seven to five, I'm not sure if there's been a score like that, at least in the modern era. But I say all that uh, kind of or insinuating the fact that I wasn't really that worried, even though I was watching it with some people that thought that the sky was falling for the entire first and second quarter. And I think the the thing that exacerbated that was definitely the penalties, the dumb penalties. The it, You know what it looked like? It looked like a team that hadn't had spring practice and it had a weird uh, fall camp. And I think that if you looked across the country, uh, Oklahoma lost a, a close game. I mean, really, when you – when you also see the final score, Georgia won by 27 points. In the Big 12, the largest margin of victory was Baylor over Kansas at 33 points. And in the ACC, of course, Miami's thrashing of a terrible FSU team by 42 points. So it was really the third highest point differential in the country over the weekend. And um, it wasn't pretty. Uh, it was more like, uh, you know, you sit in the dentist chair and you're gonna root, uh, getting a root canal, and all those things start hurting first when they're putting the shots and numbing ointment in. But then the nitrous oxide kicks in, and it's all good, and you have a fixed tooth. That's kind of how I would uh, describe <laughs> that game with that 37 to 10 victory over Arkansas. Uh, I I I do think that uh, in the first half they did look like they were all high on nitric 
on nitric oxide. If that's, I don't know if that is. Uh, you know, listen, I I wouldn't say that I was panicked, but boy, the way they played in that first half, I mean, again, if they're playing anyone other than Arkansas, uh, look out. Or could have gotten and, away in a hurry. Yeah. Oh yeah, and 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 to to me, uh, and I know that we we do we play particularly we I think we did this played this game a lot last year, right? Like if they play like that against Alabama, or they play like that against Florida, they play the way LSU. It's not going to work out, and they ended up you know going to the two, which contrary to popular opinion is really good <laughs> and really impressive. Uh, but I would say that. You know, Mathis was not good, and maybe we can argue whether it was the hit or whether it wasn't the hit. To me, one of the things that actually alarmed me the most was that one really good run where he was running to the first down and pulled up short of the marker. To me, that and it, first of all, it was a reminder. Oh wait, this is a redshirt freshman. <laughs> like I, I understand that. Uh, I know that even Jake Fromm was really was was better than that when he was a straight freshman. But it's really hard. Like it's a really tough spot, and I think that spoke. To, yes, he did not play well. You saw the athleticism. You saw some of the things that he could do. But the decision-making, in addition to the throws were not there, the decision-making was off. And I, it's funny, uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about this in the preview for the Auburn show, but there was a little part of me, after spending this entire whole offseason and most of last year, being like, George has got to fix its offense. It's got to go out there and be more creative off offense. Getting halfway through the second quarter and being like, can we just have last year's offense back? We just need to go exactly what last year's offense is, and we'll win this game. And for me, that was that was what I found was kind of telling. Obviously, for them to take go to that next level, you don't bring in Todd Munkin to run the offense that they ran last year. But I think Stetson Bennett is the guy that could, that could probably best run that offense that you ran last year. So to me, that's why I think counting out Mathis here, um, I know I kind of know how fans in general can be, and also here here at Georgia, I know there's a little part of the fan base that will literally never trust Mathis again after this. Um, uh, but I do think that for what Munkin's trying to do, I still like Mathis is the right guy, uh, at least until Daniels is back. We don't know what's going on with that. But uh, if you need the trains to run on time and knock out a team that you are obviously better than, Clearly, Stetson Bennett was the call. I loved that. Like there, that, that moment. No matter what happens with Stetson Bennett, the rest of his career, he's always going to have a little bit of a soft spot when for when he rammed out and touched the pylon. Like that was a terrific play and a total gritty, gutty, and funky and uh, spicy. Uh, spicy, not funky and spicy. Gritty and gutty and uh, fu- uh, feisty and spunky. There we go. Uh, I mixed my words. Uh, and so for me, that is uh, uh, that's like a great play, and that's the kind of play you want someone like that to, to make. I still. Frankly, not only do I not think it's uh, think the offense has a higher upside with Mathis, it strikes me as frankly pretty obvious that the offense has a has a higher upside with Mathis. Uh, so I think if you write him off, uh, I think you do so at his own par- at your own peril, or assume that like oh the minute that Daniels is ready, he's going to take over and be amazing, and we'll never have to worry about this Mathis guy again. I think that's this is probably the worst you're going to see Mathis play. I don't think you should you should necessarily get stuck on this. But I think it's also a sign that, uh, boy, you've got games against Alabama and Auburn and Florida all coming up. And uh, I don't trust any of these quarterbacks right now to be able to do what this team needs uh, to to have the offense run the way it needs to. And uh, uh, I think we were all hoping that Mathis was going to come in and 
be like, oh yeah, there he is. All right, there we go. He probably would have beat out Daniels. They would, he would. Jamie Newman, forget it. Like to me, it seemed very obvious that this offense was built for Jamie Newman and not built for Jamie Newman, but patterned around having Jamie Newman. And when they didn't, they clearly had to scramble. And I think that you saw some of the results of that. It doesn't mean Mathis is not a good quarterback and will never be good, but. Uh, even if Daniels is healthy, quarterback uh, is going to be an issue, even if Mathis, as I'm sure he will, uh, improves from that performance. This episode of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast is brought to you by the North Side and West Side Bottle Shop in Athens, Georgia. I spoke with Sachin Patel about the new North Side Athens location, and here's what he had to say. What's up? This is Scott. I'm up here at the Northside Bottle Shop, which is right near that huge Kroger on Highway 29, about a mile or a half a mile from the Athens Tech Water Tower. And I'm here with Sachin. You probably remember us talking about him last year. And he's going to tell you about this amazing store that I'm in right now. Sachin, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Uh, yeah, so, you know, well, welcome to the store, right? Thank, Thank you. Thanks yeah. for popping in. You know, we started this project last year, and uh, of course, there was a few delays uh, concerning the situation we're in. And uh, but anyway, we got the store open middle of June, and we went really big. You know, it is big. Uh, we put a sixteen thousand square foot footprint in Athens, and we took everything we knew from our West Side location, everything we've known being in the industry for so long, and we applied it here. Um, it almost I, feels like a destination package store. It's a one-stop shop for sure. I mean, we definitely added a you know massive humidor with all kinds of boutique cigars, but of course our liquor, beer, and wine selection is something to speak for itself. So um, the idea was to full service this whole area up in Northeast Georgia, but also have the convenience and the closest to and, and proximity to the city, which it's only really about, if you, if you really hit it right, it's about maybe five minutes into the stadium from here. That's amazing. Well, definitely y'all stop by here, say hello to Sachin or any of his friendly staff. They can point you in the right direction. But it, I, I can't even describe to you how big and bright and beautiful with the decorations they have up of all the beers and, and labels. It really is a destination place, like I said. Y'all come up and see the Northside Bottle Shop. And what's the address here? It's 950 US 29 North. So we're on the northbound side, but it's really easy access in and out. Right across from Popeyes and Wendy's, so you That's can right. get your get your snack and then come and get your uh, libations. Oh, jangles! <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Thanks, Sachin. Thank you. And now back to the podcast. If you want to be freaked about freaked out about Georgia, I, I'm going to go back to offensive line play. You need to be freaked out about the offensive line play. It turned out that Zamir White got his yards. Um, he was like, a, like a. a Tenth of a yard, fewer yards per rush than Najee Harris. The hard part about it is like playing an Arkansas team that is clearly better coached than they were last year. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I made the point when we were talking about what I thought was going to happen with Arkansas long term with Pittman there. Man, he's, I was impressed with that team. Um, now they could go, they could still go zero and ten, and that would be very, um, very Arkansas like. But the the thing also that I was impressed by is some of the stuff we saw, particularly in the first quarter, we fixed on the fly during the game. It frankly, we looked like a totally different team in the second half when it just, when you come down to it, that is all well and good. And let's, let's not forget we Georgia coached by Kirby smart turned around and scored. Scott, you, you, you're good at this. How many points did we score in the second half of the Rose Bowl? 
I'm not saying we're a Rose Bowl team. I'm not by no means. Don't you know? Don't at me about that. But you know, I think we, uh, I think we want to make sure. And I agree with you. It's not time to write off Mathis, but it's going to be interesting to me to see who starts against Auburn. One, two. It's going to be interesting to me if Bennett starts. How much of the game plan will revolve around having Bennett in versus Mathis? And what that does to the offense, because look, there are some things that you can say about Bennett. The one thing you can't say about him, he is not afraid to stick his nose in somewhere and be in five, 10 or something. Um, that's a little problematic because he is, uh, he is probably less durable than, than Dwan Mathis just because of body size, but he is unafraid to go after it. And that is, uh, that's always been the, the, you know, the thing with him, like he and LeCount were, um, they were co-recruits. They went against each other four years in high school in that region down in southeast Georgia. And, um, you know, a lot of people forget because he didn't start here. But he's been in the Georgia system three years. The fourth year when he wasn't in the Georgia system, he was starting a quarterback somewhere. And um, it is clear that he handled – he handled – I hate the term pressure because that's not the right way of looking at it. He just handled the speed of the game in a way that DeWan Mathis didn't in his reps, even when Mathis came back in in the fourth quarter. I will say, and, and I'm sure Scott's going to harp on this, once again, we threw the ball to like 17 guys. Hey, guys, we had a whole drive where we did nothing but throw the ball to the tight end. Uh, <laughs> uh, we had a tight end touchdown. It's, it's stunning to me that we did that. So if nothing else, Todd Munkin has improved the Georgia offense because the tight ends are incorporated in offense. Yeah, I was really impressed with Washington, Agent Zero, I'll call him that. And I don't know if y'all have seen it on Twitter, but it's circling. There's a there's about a four, I don't know, nine-second clip of him just checking this Arkansas defensive end with just his left hand alone, literally put him on his back as he was rushing. It's It was pretty impressive. Um, but I was also impressed with Kyrus Jackson. I mean, he was kind of a forgotten guy last year and definitely not one of the ones that we were talking about as much uh, preseason. Of course, Pickens got the the energizing touchdown and his athleticism uh, helped with that. But yeah, Kyrus Jackson. And then one thing we haven't mentioned yet, just because we've only been recording for like 15 minutes is the special teams. That was really what turned this game is uh, uh, Podlesny following a legend. It's always tough, but he, he did a good job going two for two and that one where he doinked it, but then thank God Arkansas got a little cute and called a timeout first and then nailed it. I think that, Probably it's almost like when you hit two drives off the first tee, you know, your second drive is usually better. So that, that actually played into his hands. So, I mean, yeah, Tony, I was impressed with how they spread the ball around Kyrus Jackson, not only on his receiving, but also his uh, return yardage that he had. Uh, who else? They, they played all five running backs that are on the roster. Even, you know, Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton even got a carry. Daiwan Edwards got a carry. Um, and of course that was in um, cleanup time, but, you know, I think that the talent is there. Um, Stokes, you know, with the the pick six, that it, it was kind of like what we all three predicted. And I tweeted the, it out. Tony actually predicted the score of this game <laughs> on the nose, thirty-seven to ten. Will was a little bit north of that in the forties, and I was a little bit south of that with a thirty-five-seven. But it's kind of like what I said in the in the pre pregame pod. I kind of related it to South Carolina twenty eighteen, where we would struggle in the first half and then we'd step on the gas in the third and put it out of hand. And that's kind of what happened. So we have a whole, uh, 
show. We're actually taping tomorrow, so we, we I want to I, I want to save some of that for the for the show a little bit. But um, by all means, uh, it was good to just see this back. To be honest, <laughs> it was really like just yes. as as bad as that first half was, and it was very bad. Uh, it did take a quarter, maybe even a little bit more than a quarter of it being mad, being bad for me st- to start to get irritated. <laughs> like it still felt like the first quarter was just like this is happening. There, Georgia is playing. I very much miss this. I think that I think I've uh, my my views on. Uh, the the wisdom or the propriety of some of this stuff uh, are well documented, but uh, it was really good to see. It was a really good thing to see. It was good for just kind of the soul to see it back out there. And I can't even imagine what it's going to feel like to see him at Sanford on uh, on Saturday with uh, with game day, actually, which I'm sure we'll get into uh, next week as well. But just emotionally, just to be able to see see them back playing um, it, 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 during a – I think everybody kind of felt that way a little bit, no matter your thoughts on anything uh, – this has been a hard time for a lot of people to see Georgia football back when it looked like it was not going to happen for a while. It was it was nice to have. Yeah. So taking a quick look around the SEC, um, everybody, and rightfully so, Kyle Trask had a lot of yards passing. Um, well, Kyle Pitts is the MVP of that team. Woo! I don't know if you saw that game, but he is a monster. And yeah, I'm, I'm nervous about that game. Um, you know, Alabama did what Alabama's going to do. Um, you know, will you you – you said there was going to be upset among those big four teams, mm-hmm. right? Um, almost got two with Texas A&M. That's why $75 million gets you, boys. Uh, but the um, if you watched any of that LSU-Mississippi State game, and you look, you can very much uh, lay out the case that they lost all these players and all this stuff. The fact they went in there and Costello just lit them up, they were just open all the time. And – LSU is not built to get into a, sh- a shootout this year. They're starting on offense more than on defense more than they are more offense. Um, and, and again, we'll talk about Auburn tomorrow night. But you know they didn't look fantastic, and there was a point in that game where Kentucky could have taken control and things uh, broke the other way. But I, I'm I'm also with you, Will. I, I'm not treating this season quite like found money yet, uh, just because it's um, I, I I very much want Georgia to succeed. But I'm also with you. I was. Um, I was literally the drive before Stetson came in before I was like, okay, this is crap. I cannot believe that I, I can't, my, my, my go-to reference is I can't believe I shaved my legs for this. And, um, <laughs> the, that's the way I felt, uh, you know, I had, had, I started out sitting down on the couch on the porch and then I stood up and then I had to go watch in a different room and I wouldn't change my shirt because, you know, you never know. Uh, we all know that that is a real thing. Uh, but it, uh, it was, it was fun. And, there came a point in that game in the second half where Georgia started having fun. And once Georgia started having fun, I think it was after LeCount's interception there after we fumbled the ball um, on um, the, the Cook toss sweep there. And let's not forget, that first drive was going swimmingly, right? We got the got the ball to start their quarter. We drove right down, and then, then Cook fumbles the ball. Uh, and then we turned around and took it back, and then drove 81 yards uh in, in what was a super impressive drive, spread the ball around, ran the ball well, ran the ball different times. Um, and, you know, I, um, I you, know, one, you know, one last thing about uh, Mathis Will that I had not thought of that you brought up, he's just a retro freshman. And I probably was overestimating a little bit of his 18 months not, remaining to forget. He had brain surgery 
16 months ago or 15 months ago. Um, now, having said all of that, um, part of the weight of being a starting quarterback at the University of Georgia, a school like the University of Georgia, is that you will – I mean, look, Felipe Franks had to change universities because he wasn't what the Florida fans thought he should be. Um, and that is a shame – it's a shame that that is how it will be. And we could see Mathis come out against Auburn, start, and go for 350 yards. That's the thing that could happen. We could also see Stetson Bennett do the same thing. We could show up next week against Auburn and lose. Um, but I am glad that we came out in the second half and played football the way that Georgia played football because that was not the team. I mean, that looked like the 2016 team, frankly, in that first quarter, defensively, offensively. It, I mean, the only thing going great is uh, is uh, Podelsny. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, it's uh, really a, it's a it's a really really difficult. It's a weirdly spelled and phrased name. It's you have to say it like five or six times just to try to get there. Well, it doesn't matter to me as long as he kicks the ball in the back of the end zone yeah. on kickoffs. I'm cool, right? And maybe that's what sustained me through the first quarter is knowing that we started out the season my favorite play. Um, and sometimes you just have to take that. All right. Well, well. Let's let's save the rest. We have plenty, plenty, plenty to discuss because there's a there's a freaking game day is coming on Saturday uh, for the first home game during this. I am very fascinated to see how all of this works, uh, to say the very least. But they won game one. There was Georgia football, and I have to say that was very nice. I enjoyed that. I I am glad that that happened. I'm ready to see it happen again. I'm on the record for that. I hope you gents are on the same page. Absolutely. Nope. <laughs> Good. No, Tony's out. He's like, forget it. That's all I needed. Bye. Um, all right. Well, I will talk to you gents tomorrow night uh, when we do this in person. So uh, so be safe out there. And uh, hey, 1-0. And they did not lose at home to Mike Leach after winning the national championship. If Georgia ever wins – here's a good question yes. if, that, to think about for tomorrow. If Georgia ever wins the national title – yes. And then the first game of the next season loses at home to Mike Leach. How mad will you be? No, it's fine. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I think that's somewhere. <laughs> uh, you say that. But <laughs> yeah, there are exactly. a ton of LSU fans right now that broke yesterday. Yes, so. yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, be safe out there. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk out uh, of the preview show. I guess tomorrow. Uh, be safe, guys. Uh, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Tony, Will, and I will be back this week for our Georgia versus Auburn preview show. Give us a follow on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Have a great week, and we'll see you on campus this Saturday. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>